0: You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers Goldmine
1: production with Stephanie Sanchez.
2: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Wednesday, October 18th. We're moving along through our seven stages of grief after 49ers loss. I think we're like at the acceptance stage now. Yeah, so we're just about say. ready. We're just about ready to move on. Uh, but I do have some questions for my guys John John Chapman and Wayne Breezy today. Question number 1 is first like how are you guys?
1: I'm good. I'm I'm good. I'm over it. Uh, and as yeah. long as we dismantle and take the Vikings' horns off their their helmets and whatever we need to do, I'll be even better. So I feel like that's where I am. I'm on that trend. It's time for the Niners to rebound and and get that dub.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird because the emails and DMs I received this week were a lot less, is this the best 49ers team ever? And a lot more, all right, what do we got to fix? And so I feel like, I don't know, I hope that this same – recall has happened kind of with the Niners players and coaching staff like okay we're not infallible mistakes happen the NFL is the NFL let's figure out what we could do to make this unit better and improve you got the wake-up call how do you respond to that you got two crazy games before your bye week so let's put a quick patch on it survive And, you know, every goal that you had before the season is still in effect. So it's definitely not one of those. The sky is falling, but you learn from it and you get better. And that's what I'm hoping to figure some of out today with you guys.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the 49ers are 5 and 1 now. That's still a really great record. Still the the best record is that, you know, three teams have that same record right now. So, um, yeah, I mean, the 49ers are still in a good spot. But the second question that I wanted to ask you guys, and I'm going to I'm going to preface it with saying that uh, like what we already know, you know, the 49ers started the season 5 and 0 undefeated. They looked great Sunday though, obviously played an ugly game. In basically like every facet of the game, there was some ugliness to it. Um, They had penalties. Uh, They had 12 penalties on Sunday, 105 yards on what we could call like a pretty poorly officiated game. I think we could all (laughs) agree on that. But regardless, the 49ers have committed the second most penalties of any team this season with 45. Only the Cowboys have more. And just one more. They they have 46. So the 49ers are also now ranked 29th in penalties averaged per game. So not great. Uh, We also had missed tackles on Sunday. And PFF had the 49ers with 10 missed tackles, more than they had in their previous three games combined. Um, And this was at least part of the reason why the Browns had success on the ground, what we saw on Sunday. And, you know, we had Brock getting pressured a ton again. Um, and him as a result you know struggling not being able to find that rhythm missing open guys and even when he wasn't under pressure like he he kind of struggled and we have seen in the past like he's been able to kind of correct that in game in this one it didn't really happen but that happens right Uh, we we move on Um, and then we also had Jake Moody missing kicks again something that he hadn't done since the preseason he was Perfect up until uh, week six. So with all of that in mind, I know that was a lot. (laughs) But with all that in mind, I ask you guys, what from the loss was, do you think was already becoming a bad trend and it it just kind of came to life in a loss on Sunday? Or do you think could be a bad trend for this team going forward?
1: Yeah, I don't see it being a bad trend. Um, I see it being a lesson learned. Um, and so the Niners came into the game. You you talked about, um, you know, the penalties. I, I feel like to me, that's the most important thing that they have to figure out. Right. Yeah. Because I feel like the Niners are just playing. Undisciplined football, like false starts, holdings, like those are the things that you just don't. They're going to happen, but you're, you're just hoping that, you know, your team doesn't sell it or whatever they have to do. You don't want your team causing certain penalties, right? And so, like a lot of those penalties did a lot of things to the to offense and to Brock Purdy. I mean, it kind of like made him have to go from first and ten or a big gain to first and um twenty and twenty five and 30. And so that just changes up like the play calls. It play it changes up what Brock sees out there on the football field. It changes up how the defense now is going to attack. The, the offense, and so it changes up a lot, of, a lot of stuff, right? And so I think the penalties are the thing that they need to meet and have, find ways to correct and, and things like that. I think if they start there, everything else falls back into place. And this game was kind of like that anomaly. I think this will be the worst game we've seen from san francisco and i know we got a lot of games left but i think this will be the worst one and there are many reasons why so if you go back to the beginning of this game there was you talked about missed tackles you said we had 10 well guess who 10 missed tackles we were missing five seven He he didn't play in this game. And I know a lot of people said, hey, we'll be just fine. Well, we would have been fine, but they decided to screen the heaven out of the, you know, the San Francisco 49ers, which Burks struggled. And I'm curious to know, Steph, if you have the stats on who had the most missed tackles. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was Burks in this particular game. But. Like, that was it. Like, that was the game plan. They, they they attacked our weakness, and our weakness was missing. Even though Fred Warner had probably the best game of his life this season, like, you know, started off high with the interception, which could have been a pick six, even though it wasn't. Oh, well, we got the ball, couldn't score off of that opportunity, right? But I just feel like 57 missing, all the penalties, and it just led to the domino effect. And then everything else just started falling down, and we lost by two points and you got to talk about jake moody missing the kicks like he can't miss kicks like you're a kicker you can't miss but we have to say it's going to happen the same way we just said brock party's gonna have a bad game well our kicker had a bad game it happens we have to be consistent as fans as well as analysts as well as content creators like just be consistent with it and i feel like it's not fair that brock gets the pass the kicker doesn't get the pass the kicker lost the game but brock didn't lose the game the whole team lost, and it sucked, and we want to play the blame game. But if you go back to it, if the 49ers correct themselves just off of penalties alone, they win this game by a mile, even with the missed throws, even with the pressures in Brock face, even with the missed field goals, they just correct those silly mistakes. They still win this game.
0: Yeah, it, it was there. And, you know, picking up on Jake Moody, the dude has been Steph Sanchez out there through, you know, five weeks done miss. Dude hit every one. Are you and- trying to say she missed? No, he, she—he was <laughs> Steph Sanders. I just wanted
1: to make sure he wasn't a like ne- I never. He, ah, he, he
0: was John about. Chapman. You know what I'm saying? That he, like st- he guys, stepped down know. just a little bit. Get so, and you know that. And when you talk about like you know placing blame or whatever. The problem is whenever you have the bad and bad, like the bad kicker game, the bad IU game, which I consider a very poor game, the bad uh, quarterback game, the bad Shanahan game. All those things compounded to a two point loss. The penalties, I think, had a lot to do with injuries. Whenever Debo went out, when CMC went out, the 49ers were the most motion heavy team in the NFL before this game. Now they're no longer because all those injuries happened so early. And we saw that one where, like, everything was messed up with, you know, Kyle Yuschek and Ray Ray McLeod. And we got the delayed game. Shanahan should have used a timeout there, one of the worst managed situations all game. I was very upset. Uh, pushed us out of field goal range. And Once those injuries and you got to practice and you got to make sure Ray Ray's a vet, he should have known. And when Jordan Mason, Elijah Mitchell, and you even had to use Kyle Juszczyk as a running back much more so because of the injuries. I felt like the, those are depth players. Those are veteran players that just weren't ready to step up. And I think that that hurt a lot on the offensive side. And we lost one of our biggest advantages against this, you know, Browns defense. They suck against motions. And when the injuries happened, we had to limit that because we kept messing up and delay of games and false starts. And we're just like, fine, let's just go basic. And you can't do that against a Jim Schwartz defense. And that hurt us. I love that you brought up Drake Greenlaw. I think that's a big deal. You asked the question, who had the most missed tackles? According to Pro Football Focus, it was Demo. Yeah, who's like one of the best tackling corners in the NFL? Wow, I, I did not. He had three. Um he had wh- a great which, game, by the way. Like I, game.
2: despite that, the whole team, you know, kind of struggled with missed tackles, and maybe weather played a fact. I don't know, but he had a great game. I'll I'll give him that. But he did have three. Yeah,
0: and I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna hijack this show for a brief second. I, I know we're gonna talk trades, and I, I put something out on Twitter today, and it was just very bland. If the 49ers did trade for something, what would you want to trade for? And everybody keeps saying corner. I yeah, don't, I don't understand, understand that. Yeah. Okay. Like, if you trade for a corner, who's coming off the field? Isaiah Oliver might be one of the better defensive players we've had so far this year. Charvarius Ward's the freaking man. Demo put your team in a chance to win. Yeah, he tripped one play. That's an issue. But that's not a cause for removal of the park. Like, if you did trade for a corner, where the hell are they going to go? Who uh, who are you
1: moving? I don't know.
2: I don't know. That's just just Niner fans, you know, (laughs) you know, uh, because everyone's like Patrick Sertain. For one, Patrick Sertain is not getting traded. I'm sorry. He was never going to be traded. He was never on the trade block. The Broncos would not do that. As dumb as they are. They're not that dumb, all right? Um, yeah, so let's just move on from that one. because like, I love I that agree. you're in
0: Colorado and you threw that in there. I, I felt it. Yeah, I, I, I it.
2: mean, I, I have to. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm very close to the situation here, and it's not nice. They're down bad out here. But uh, okay, so things could be worse for the 49ers. Always remember that. But, you know, for me, I think one of the trends that we're seeing is that, you know, Brock is getting pressured a lot. And, and I, I expect that to continue. So like pressuring or blitzing him seems to be the only way to slow him down. You could say that for a lot of quarterbacks though, so it's not like an indictment on Purdy at all. It's just the facts right now. That Purdy has also proven that he can overcome it, which is a great thing. And he can do it in game. You know, we've we've talked about, you know, he could adjust and and you know, beat the blitz after, you know, being blitzed a historic amount against the Giants, he'd come back and, and look great and and dice them up. Right. That just didn't happen in this game. And, and John, I do think that like injuries were a factor as well. Um, I I do think the motion thing was a huge thing. They were like stagnant after some of those injuries, they were just not motioning and the Browns struggled against that. So I was a little surprised by that. I was a little disappointed by that. Um, But be that as it may. Uh, you know, I, I do also feel like the penalties are an issue for this team. That's a trend that we had been seeing. They need to dial that in. I, I felt like the previous two weeks before week six, they were improving in that. And then week six, they get 12 penalties, right? And you can you can say that some of that was because this was just like a terribly officiated game. They were calling like That's everything. Bad. Even the Browns had like 10 penalties. Uh, but on the season... The 49ers have eight false starts, five offensive holding calls. So those are just ones on the offensive side that I'm looking at, because we saw on Sunday that put them behind the sticks a ton against the Browns and against a really good defense. You can't do that. You're just not going to dig yourself out of that hole. So penalties is something like I really want them to fix, not just on the offensive side, of course, but you know, as a whole, as a team, um, and I'll just say this, one nugget, if you were worried about the missed tackles, the 49ers still have the least amount of missed tackles on the season. Like, despite having missed 10 on Sunday, I really just think that was a blip. And, and I don't think we're going to see that from them again uh, going forward. As it being a trend, you know, maybe we see it in, in another game where they play sloppy, sure. But I don't see that being a trend. Uh, look, so we've talked about the trends. Let's get to things that maybe won't be an issue in most games, but could be an issue against some really good teams because I had some thoughts after watching uh, the game on Sunday. And I'm thinking like games down the line, stretch of the season, like playoffs, things like that. So I'm thinking ahead here. This isn't like something I'm worried about right now. Because I'll just start with the offensive line. I think at the start of the season, a lot of us were skeptical about the 49ers offensive line. And as the season progressed, I think we then became like, you know, kind of more optimistic. And, you know, some of us maybe cautiously optimistic, but still optimistic. Um, after week six, the 49ers pass protection um, composite rating uh, remains at 21. I'm honestly surprised it didn't drop at all. They were also 21 uh, last week. But I think my confidence level Sure dropped a bit and I do want to mention That I do understand that the Browns Are a really good defense A really good defense Their defensive line was all over the place yeah, And they were Like if you watched all 22 It was ugly Trent was getting beat Banks was getting beat Guys we never worry about We're getting beat on Sunday And it's not It's not again like an indictment on Trent or, or Banks It's just that that's how good the Browns' defensive line was on Sunday. Most weeks, the 49ers' offensive line is going to be good enough and Brock Purdy will get the ball out quickly and perform well enough that the offensive line won't even matter. You know, um, And so I'm not worried about next week. I'm not worried about the week after that. I'm worried about when this team faces another tough defensive line. I'm thinking playoffs you know, that because that's likely when you'll be facing a very tough defensive line every week. Think Eagles, think Lions. Like, these are teams in your conference who you're going to have to face uh, most likely. I mean, Eagles in week 13, Lions could very well face them in the playoffs. Um, And so when uh, I saw another team who dominates the trenches on both sides of the ball, like, I, I see the 49ers as, you know, maybe not being up to that level, at least right now in week six. So curious to know what you guys think. Like, is this a concern for you guys? Not now, but maybe like in the future.
1: It's a good question, right? I, I, I was never, I never tried to put out that this was the best or top offensive line in football. Like I already knew that the offensive line was going to be a work in progress. It was going to take time. They have to build continuity. But for this offense, this offensive line could be the best if they play their offense, like they play their style of offense. What do I mean by that? I mean because a lot of people we didn't see it this Sunday, but you know, John talked about it earlier. Like the injury to Debo Samuel might have been the most detrimental to the team. And when he left the game, it changed the motion game. It, it allowed the defense to focus on who? Christian McCaffrey, where they just said, hey, we're going to run blitz, we're going to take him out. And so when you're missing those pieces, yeah, the offensive line is going to look terrible um, because the offensive line is built to get the ball out of the hand quick, block for a couple of seconds, get their big behinds down the field and block again and then block again and then block again until you get into the end zone. That's this offensive line. This is not the offensive line that got the big bodies up there that's going to block for four point five seconds or whatever. So allow the quarterback to the play to develop all the way down. The, it's just not built that way. We don't have those type of guys, but we do have type of guys that got quick feet that could get out especially when the pass, the ball's out of the quarterback's hand and they get down the field and they continue to block. We've seen a legal man down the field a couple times this year. I'm sure that's a penalty that was called at least once on Trent Williams. But my point is, when this offense is right, when the offense is together, when the offense is healthy, we don't struggle that much against the run blitzing and all that stuff because we get the ball of our hands quick. And then you have the screen you saw in the first play. Uh, the touchdown throw, it was a, it was a, it was a halfback screen and he shovel passes it because miles Garrett gets lost in the sauce. Like, and so like that, that's what the Niners game plan was against that ferocious pass rush. They, they were going to get you caught and then get it out quick screen. And then we didn't get a chance to see the Debo screen. We set him up with the, with the, uh, the, um, the jet sweep, but that got him injured. And then next thing you know, he's out of the game. And then with Trent Williams, yeah, he got beat. He was playing on one leg, one ankle. I, I don't expect him to be good, but I do expect and appreciate his heart. But the Niners, I'm, I'm, they gave up three sacks on paper. But come on, you watch the tape. Those sacks weren't sacks. <laughs> one was a fumble, <laughs> fell on the ball. The other wasn't even a real sack because he his knee was down while he was trying to throw the ball. And then there was one more that I don't even remember. But they were sex, I get it. You give them to them, you credit them. I just think that's why. I'm and I said that to say that I think that's why that number stayed the same because it's as bad as the offensive line looked to our eye test, it really wasn't as bad. It's just that the offense couldn't find rhythm to flow. And if it did, if the offense was on their game plan and being able to flow, I think those injuries really set this offense back this past week, and that's why everybody struggled.
0: Yeah, yeah. To go with Wayne, not one sack was attributed to a 49ers offensive lineman this week. Uh, all of them were against Brock Purdy. Brock he Purdy. accounted for all three. Uh, and, you know, if they're bringing six, which they blitzed, I think, 14 times. Um, no, 11 times. Sorry. Like, you block blocking five. You got five guys. They bring six. The quarterback has to account for the unblocked guy. And twice he did not do that. Resulted in sacks. And so that's an issue there. Now, you talked about number 21, offensive line protection. If we look at what the 49ers have built this team around, it wasn't the offensive line. You look across NFL spending, the 49ers offensive line is 27th in the NFL. So you can make the argument, they're outperforming what they're getting paid. This is where they decided to go cheap and stay with continuity over blue chip type players. Yeah, you got Trent. Yeah, you drafted Aaron Banks second. He's still in his rookie deal. Everybody else, you're piecing this together. And so you've got three out of five kind of, not journeymen, but you're talking day three or later picks. And so you get what you pay for. And when you build your team around the defensive line and skill position players, and those skill position players get hurt, and D-line did all right, they did pretty well, but I wouldn't say they had their best game, that's the issue. So the 49ers have predicated this offensive line on establishing the run, which they couldn't do, because the run, run blitz is nonstop up the middle. Run the ball outside the tackles. Kyle Shanahan, it was open all game. Um, when CMC went out, he just he threw those plays out of the playbook. And the one time he did run it outside the tackles with Jordan Mason, it was a one-play touchdown drive. And then after that, he never went back to it. And so it, it all kind of glumps together. And it's a wake-up call. I love that Kyle started the press conference was, yeah, blame's on me. I got to do better. I love hearing that. I I love the way that all of the players responded to this loss. And how much of that is just coach speak, yeah, whatever else. We're going to find out pretty damn soon in primetime. And the whole NFL is sitting there going to watch the 40 Dyers versus Vikings, and they're going to have one of two responses. One, ah, yeah, they are weak. Or two, damn, it was just a blip. That was it. Mm -hmm. Damn, they are that good. And I think it's going to be that latter response that everybody's going to react with
2: yeah I, I think we know that it will be too um uh, but i mean I guess it does it's too early to really like worry about you know the eagles and the lions of of the world um but you know, I also feel like it's not it's not too early to think about those things, but at the same time, the offensive line does have time to continue to get better. And I think, to your point, John, like, yeah, it was one of the areas, one of the units where they decided to go cheap. That's what a lot of fans had issue with, right? That's why a lot of fans are like, how are you going to go cheap when you see the Eagles defensive line and you see how much they dominated um, in the NFC Championship? I. I
0: know. Yeah, what happened? I was team, fine but. going cheap. The thing that made me scratch my head was that they didn't even draft one lineman. And then it was right. like, okay, if we're just going to go cheap rookie deals, whatever else, but they didn't even draft one. That was w- where it was just like, what, what's happening here? Um, so yeah, it, we'll see there. Back to the trade thing. Like nobody trades offensive lineman. Is one of the hardest positions to trade in the NFL. That would be ideal, yeah. but they're not laying around, and it's not like what are you going to trade for a right tackle? Colton in the reason why this yeah, game no, went the way it went.
2: He's solid. He's solid. Um, yeah. And Peachy asks, do we need some O line help? Like, it, even if they did, it's like you're you're not going to get any. <laughs> like, most likely because teams really covet their offensive linemen. You know, so I, I don't think we're really going to see a lot of trades for offensive linemen. Um, and so I, 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 honestly think like the 49ers are probably fine. They could figure it out. They can improve. They can, you know, build that cohesion and they're not going to be playing the Browns offensive line every single week. So they're, they're going to be okay. Um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, when it comes down the stretch, uh, and assuming everyone's healthy, like, you know, they'll be able to step up in those moments, uh, Talking head and shout out for the uh donation. He said, Thoughts on Eagles signing Julio Jones? Good signing, in my opinion. Um, I'll let you guys start first on this one.
1: I, I just think they, they add some depth. Uh, yeah. they're probably not confident in who's their third wide receiver after Devontae Smith, who kind of fell off the face of the planet after AJ Brown started demanding the ball. So I think they, they get veteranship, they get depth, but I mean, Julio isn't Julio anymore. Like he's a different man. He's a different football player. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it could be beneficial to him. It's probably a low risk, high reward type of assigning for them. If if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't. Oh, well, it didn't cost him much. So uh, I don't see much coming from Julio this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's on the practice squad. And so He can go out there and run some go routes or some deep outs like that's kind of what he does. It was funny. In one of my fantasy football chats, somebody said this is like Jerry Rice going to the Seahawks. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I looked it up and it came up with this. Jerry Rice went to the Seahawks after six games in the season. Very similar to Julio. Rice finished that year 25 catches, 362 yards, three touchdowns. Not that bad. So then I started looking at Julio Jones. Julio Jones hasn't had a year that eclipsed those numbers since 2020. So it's been three years. Julio Jones about to be 34 years old this year. Jerry Rice was 42 years old that season. So I'm just going to say low expectations.
2: Yeah. And the difference too is like Julio Jones has kind of struggled with some injuries, which kind of, you know, lost him some of the juice that he did have. So, yeah, this is purely depth. I think for the Eagles, I don't think it's really gonna. Um, sure, it's a good signing, you know, for depth. Uh, no I, I don't think it's gonna make an impact on their season at all down the stretch. Um, we have another donation from Red and Gold Blooded. Shout out you. Um, he said, "Honest question: Our opponent's head hunting CMC. I mean, teammates definitely feel like you know they are. I mean, two weeks in a row now that we've seen him get like the face mask call." Uh, and I mean, he's had a few of those this year already. So it's kind of hard to say it's a little of, you know, to stop CMC, you do have to be very physical with him. And so sometimes that's, that's not going to look pretty, uh, sometimes it's going to look maybe dirty at times. That's really the only way you're going to bring him down. Like, because he does not go down. He is such a tough runner and he doesn't go down on first contact. So you kind of have to be, desperate and do desperate things in order to get him down and I think that's what we're seeing from teams I don't know if it's like a concerted effort to actually like hurt McCaffrey I really don't think it is but there's no denying that there's some extracurricular stuff going on with uh, Christian McCaffrey
1: yeah I I don't mind players playing physical this is football play as physical as you can but just play by the rules don't grab the face mask. End the discussion. You grab a fit Now, if it's incidental, that's one thing. These don't look incidental. Like, his face masks are, like, they're they're going. They're trying to get him up high. And next thing you know, boom, it's grab. It's a turn. I mean, you could literally break his neck. And, like, that's, like, the only way you'll take him out. I mean, luckily for the Cleveland Browns, he left this game with an oblique injury. But I attest that to Kyle Shanahan running him up the gut on halfback delays with run blitzes, but at the end of the day, I think that there's a little head hunting or targeting. You got to take them out, right? <laughs> right? Like stop Christian McCaffrey. These are the results, and so I feel like that's what's going on. And and great defense tried, it worked. Now he didn't play the game. Niners end up losing, but um, yeah, I think this is something that's gonna we need to keep our eye on, and I'm um, hoping Christian McCaffrey plays on Monday. And we'll see if it happens again in Minnesota. If Christian McCaffrey plays and he is face masked on that first drive, I'm sorry. This is it's head hunting. It's it that's exactly what it is.
0: You know, it, it's weird because I feel like there's two different types of personal fouls. There's the personal fouls that get called, then there's the personal fouls that get fined. So there's two different levels. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey's had six fines against him, and that's not even counting this week. He's gonna get a couple more, not against Christian McCaffrey, but against the people. You know, hitting him, face masks, all that stuff. And we get this label back to Dre Greenlaw. How many personal fouls has Dre Greenlaw had this year? He had like four, I think. Guess how many got fined? Zero. 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 And so, like, I get that the 49ers are a physical team, and I get that, you know, we go out there and we beat up teams physically, and teams try to match that. But like Wayne said, they're not doing it Legally. Do I think that there is a, hey, guys, go grab his face mask during this game conversation like Sean Payton or Greg Williams type trash, you know, GM's coaches? No, I don't. Um, Another shot there on Denver. Uh, But (laughs) I do think everybody understands we got to do whatever necessary. Penalties don't matter right here. Just do whatever you can. So I don't think it's this intentional, you know, go out there and grab his face mask or whatever. But I do think that it's this trying to overcompensate for the physical play of the 49ers and culture of the 49ers and teams can't do it legally. They have to do it with all these BS, whatever. And I I hate to see it, but CMC is that damn good. And I can't wait for five, seven to come back out and dole, give out some damage. You know what I'm saying? So.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty flattering actually to, for teams to, you know, almost admit without saying it, you know, they're doing it though. They're they're pretty much saying that, hey, this is the only way that we could stop this man. So if we get, you know, 15 yard penalty for it, we're going to live with that as long as he doesn't score. Right. So that's that's what team opposing teams are are at right now. Um, all right. Well, let's move along here. Uh, look to to circle back on like the offensive line and just kind of like finish that discussion. It's still early in the season. There's time for them to improve. Uh, and when it comes to trench play, I'm, I'm not just talking about one side of the ball, right? I feel like there is a sense that the 49ers defensive line has been a disappointment so far this season to some fans. And, you know, people aren't seeing the sack numbers they were used to when the 49ers defensive line were on a tear last year, right? Uh, currently, this season, they are sixth in pressures, ninth in pressure rate. But when it comes to getting home, they are 16th. So very much middle of the pack when it comes to getting the sacks. Why do you guys think that there's been a lack of the big plays for the defensive line? And like, do you think that this will be a problem moving forward?
1: It's just the simple fact that the offensive game plan against our defensive line is to get the ball out of the hand quickly of the quarterback. I didn't even know PJ Walker was a quick time thrower. I'm sure you got his numbers. Uh, As far as how quickly he was able to get the release out. But look at all the screenplays they ran in that game. And those are quick throws. Right. And so like that negates the pass rush, just like right off the top. Again, that's how the Niners were planning to negate their pass rush. It's just that we lost two players that heavily based off of our screen game. You lose your top two screen players. It's going to be tough to win uh, a game. Uh, And so, like, like that's probably why we're not seeing the high sack pressures and all that. I mean, we're getting the pressures, but we're not getting the sack numbers and things like that. And it's – at some point, I I feel like it's going to wither out. Like, at some point, teams are going to just be like, you know what, man, bump this. Like, they're going to play their normal style of football. But right now, no one's playing normal against the San Francisco defense. And there's a reason. They don't want to get sacked. That's the reason. And it's effective, right? Because on certain – with – and this past game, when you get when you got the screen going against you and you don't got your best screen buster out there, you're gonna negate and give up all those yards. So as far as the defensive line, I'm not worried. As long as you keep telling me that those pressures are there, that means they're doing their job. Can they get home? That's another question. But now add the context of what the offenses are doing to like counter against the pass rush.
0: Yeah, I, I like that. And I do think that there was a missing element. I think we had three-fourths of a defensive line. Uh, the backside end opposite Bosa has been terrible outside of week one. And I think that's why they traded for Randy Gregory. I think Drake Jackson has been a absolute disappointment this year and i think he should be getting maybe 10 snaps a week moving forward uh, week one was awesome since then dude's been a non-factor um and i think that's a big reason why they traded randy gregory comes in he got three pressures and like 15 snaps and got mm-hmm. a sack and a tackle for loss and a quarterback hit so i think that the answer the niners have two weeks till the trade deadline and so if randy gregory can continue to bring that involvement on such limited snaps. Hopefully he gets more snaps as we move forward. But I think the answer is there. And if it's not there, you got two weeks to figure out. Then you go get somebody like a Daniel Hunter. Like if, if I was to say who the Niners trade for, we're playing them this week. It's Daniel Hunter, uh, who I think you can get with for two thirds and a future fifth, like something really, because the Vikings have no leverage whatsoever. Aspiring contract, cheap deal. Like you can make this work, but If Randy Gregory pans out, Niners are going to sit tight, I think, at the defensive end spot personally. So, yeah, I hope the sacks come. But you got the number one defense. Why do you want sacks, right? So that you can have an effective defense. You could have all the sacks in the world and not have a good defense. Niners have the number one defense from points scored. That is at the bare minimum. You limit the amount of points scored. You score more points than the other team, you win the game. So, overall, the defense is doing their job. You gave up 19 points and lost offense didn't handle their end i think the defense wasn't great but i don't think the defense was bad and kyle shanahan even said the only reason why we had an opportunity to win this game was because the defense kept us in it all game uh was it perfect no but just put everything into perspective number one defense is way more important than lots of sacks we love the sacks i get it but i prefer to be first in defense over first in sacks personally
2: yeah, I agree. I mean, the defense is going to give you a chance every time and they it, even in a bad game uh for the entire team, even in a bad game for the defense where, you know, they they allowed, a, you know, more rushing yards than were accustomed to seeing as well. They gave them chances, uh, the offense yeah. some chances to to bring this game home. Um, and Randy Gregory, he was awesome in his very first game with the team and that was just after two and a half practices with the team as well so you can imagine you know what he's going to be doing when he gets even more time with chris Koserick with the rest of these guys he only played 26 snaps on sunday he had the three pressures of 15 pass rushing snaps he had the three pressures a sack three quarterback hits he had the two tackles for loss as well so yeah i think you know that's they really game.
0: that's yeah, a game that
2: is Yeah. And like it puts opposing teams on notice, too, because it's like, oh, man, you weren't worried about Clinton Farrell and Drake Jackson. But wait till you see Randy Gregory. You got (laughs) to count for him now. You got to count for him now. And that means that could potentially open things up for other guys. This is like literally what we had been like hoping for and kind of like waiting for because we we knew that. Nick Bose is getting a ton of attention and rightfully so he's, he's really good. Uh, but you need something to offset that. And I think Randy Gregory, based on what we saw on Sunday is capable of doing that. And, and speaking of like the trade deadline, it's a, uh, the trade deadline is October 31st. That's a Tuesday. And so the 49ers did already trade for Gregory in a move that they, you know, barely gave anything up for. So I kind of feel like, they, they still got one left in them if they really wanted. They have the money. They have the draft capital um, if they deem it necessary, right? So John Lynch said he's happy with the guys they have right now, and that very well could be true. But I don't, I don't like, overreact to a loss. But at the same time, I'm like, hmm, maybe we could get better. I don't know. Uh, so I don't know. Are you guys, like, ruling anything out? And I know we've talked about some positions that maybe the 49ers would be interested in. You know, we talked about like offensive line a little bit, but we probably agree. That's probably not going to happen just because teams aren't, you know, exactly making offensive linemen available. Talked about corners where we're not really interested in that so much. Uh, But what other like positions would you even be interested in improving for the 49ers? If you could.
1: I don't know. Like um, for me, it's still it's so early in the season and this team has not even hit their stride. Like even in even going five and oh, they still had plenty of room to improve under, especially on the defensive side, under new tutelage with uh, Steve Wilkes and, and things like that. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes after a player or two he's familiar with um you know like a Jeremy Chen which i know people don't want another cornerback but if you add that to the mix i mean now your depth is a lot better um sure. he can play safety he can play nickel so now that now 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 that's 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 changing the conversation a little bit while you still work out that front but i think i'm with john like i, I can't imagine them getting a big name at in, but somebody that can provide them with some some more pressure. I don't know if you can go back and try to get one of the guys that you recently let go to free agency, see if they're possibly traced like because I'm sitting here saying listening, and I'm like, yo, Nick Bosa went off last year with the same amount of attention and Samson Ebblecom and Charles Menahue So
2: mm-hmm.
1: is it that Pharaoh? Drake Jackson just aren't it, even though I thought Farrell had his best game last Agreed. week. Um, is it that they're not it, or is it too soon to tell? So, like, I th- it, it's so weird for the 40 40- They're in a weird place to make a trade. I think they got Randy Gregory. They're going to test that out and ride that out and see what happens.
0: Yeah. And also, too, you got to see what's available to have a trade. You got to have a willing partner. And right now, the NFL's weird as hell. And uh, one of my least favorite things about the NFL is how early the trade deadline is. I wish they'd bump it back three more weeks. Remember, yeah, yeah I, I, I really do. Because like, OK, you look at the teams. OK, you got the Giants. Ah, uh, you're talking to coach of the year, Brian Dayball. You know, what are they going to do? Are they going to stick it out? We'll see. They're one in five. Chicago, they're one in five. I think they're a sell team. That's why a lot of people keep bringing up Jalen Johnson. But, again, corner is an issue. Carolina, they're 0-6. Owner and – we've taken everything for the Panthers. We got their coach. We got their best player. We we, we took it all. Uh, we got their last coach fired, so that's an option. But then you look at, like, Arizona, they're not trading with us. One of You talked earlier, Wayne, about getting a skill guy. Corderell Patterson makes a lot of sense. Shanahan's talked yeah. about Corderell Patterson. They're yeah. not using them, but they're three and three. They're a half game out of first place in that terrible division. Will yeah, they trade?
1: I think they talked about actually moving on from him. In yeah. So I there's a possibility.
0: Would. I would love that, especially if Debo or CMC is going to be out for extended time, which I don't think they will, especially with the bye week coming. So it's just difficult to find trading Partners. I think the only two teams everybody likes to trade out of conference, the Patriots, Belichick might get fired. I don't see him selling assets. And the Denver Broncos, who we talked about at length. Um, so my realistic trade expectation is Daniel Hunter, but we'll see if that comes to fruition or not.
2: Yeah. Daniel Hunter. I know a lot of people mentioned Brian Burns too. That's like the, the dream that we've, you know, been trying to conjure up for the last like year or so. I mean, it's
1: your option. So like they haven't, they're, they're, they're not working on a deal right now. And what would that take to get a Brian Burns?
0: Two first plus, and you got to sign them $20 million plus to a long-term deal. How in the 40? How could the 49ers do that? Are you gonna trade two first and let them play out this year, then let them walk for a third round comp pick? That's terrible. So, you don't do that. I, I, the price is just, just I mean,
2: you it's terrible, but you can. Let's say you get a Super Bowl out of it. Like,
0: God, two first for a guy to play 12 games. But,
2: why do you think you would take two first? Because are you looking at uh, what the Rams had offered last year? They They turned that down now. Yeah, it'd be less now. Yeah, but
1: now, now they're 0-6. He's playing he's on a fifth-year option. I mean, it's only a $16 million deal. It won't cost you much this year. It's going to think- cost at
0: least— They turned down two firsts because they wanted two firsts plus. So at least a first-round pick. So you right. would trade a first-round pick for a 12-game rental? Hmm. Y'all's heads did the, y'all did the same. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I mean, I I want him, I want him, but that is,
2: but you know what? I also don't want him going to another contender and that's likely what's going going to happen.
1: He's he's going to Seattle, like, or the ring. Oh dude, don't say that.
2: Don't say that. I swear to God, Wayne, if that happens, I am cutting up that clip and I am saying blame Wayne Blame don't blame me, blame John
1: for saying I don't want to give up two first round picks. You this I is don't, a guy, I don't. this is a guy like at the end of the day, like we just don't need the picks. Like, we like we we're figuring it out, right? We've been trading picks, been moving on from picks. I want the picks, I want to draft in the first round. I want to go back to the draft, I want to do all that. But you're getting a Brian Burns. You said you want somebody opposite. Of Nick Bosa, well, you d- d- there. You go. Like, like,
0: look no further. All yeah. right, let me ask you all this. Okay, we're, we're in a GM room right now, and we've got two trades on the table, and you get a vote. You can get Brian Burns for two firsts, or you can get Daniel Hunter for two thirds and a fifth
1: round pick. I mean, which you one? With, you, you go with Den. You go with Daniel Hunter. But let's say Daniel okay. Hunter's not there, and you have an option of getting somebody like a Brian Burns. Now that's the question, right? Like that's where I want to stand. I'm going to go with that deal because I know the Neil Hunter will still be productive. He would still be able to win his one-on-one matchups and he's still a great defender and it didn't cost you much. So I'm picking that deal over any day, but let's say he ain't there and let's say it is Brian Burns and let's say they want two first round picks. I would do it if we could lock him up long-term in a way. I think that's the only way John Lynch does that, right? Like promise to sign the extension. We got to have that deal in which place would, before that trade which
2: would be a good move, though, because then you wouldn't have to worry about Woo, Edge for years. Gosh,
0: for and I'm years. these five years. But if yeah. that happens now and I hate to do this, I'm I, I'm 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 a pity party guy. You're 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 cutting guys like Kyle, use check next year. You know, okay. people walking out We're not the door. Even
1: using Kyle, you check this year. So at the yeah. end of the day. But, yeah, I'd love yeah. to have Brian Burns. No so disrespect to Kyle Youchek, because every time I say something about player, I am just get – I don't mean it anymore. <laughs> <I'm just> <laughs> he's, to- to
2: he's, he's about to have, like, a touchdown on a wheel route on, on Monday night.
1: <laughs> All right. right. Yeah. Look, I'm just saying, like, Brian Burns or Kyle Youchek.
0: Yeah, but it's more than that. It's Brian Burns' no, two first-round picks and $20 million. I got you. I mean – he's way more than 20 by the way. It's I like mean 26. it's
2: it's unlikely to happen anyway but no, can, it's not going to happen. I'm just Yeah, saying, it's like, like we can we can dream, right? We can dream. <laughs> uh you know, look, if the 49ers did make another trade ahead of the deadline, I think it would be more likely that it ends up being for like a depth piece, which is not a bad thing. The 49ers no. could use depth at a number of different positions, I think. And with their first taste of some injuries, I think it might it might get them think- Thinking a little bit, Cordo Patterson is is definitely, I guess, an option, although they're kind of deep at, at running back, kind of. Yeah, but
1: they're um, not deep at the weapon. Of,
0: he would be the Debo position. Yeah, Debo. He's Ray Ray plus at yeah. all those Ray Ray things. Plus, I like and that. So, <laughs> I do like yeah, Ray Ray. I,
2: I'm with you. I do like uh, Cordell Patterson. He was a really great weapon for them uh, last year. And yeah, this year they're just not using him. So, And uh,
0: Shanahan spent on record two times he was up for contracts about how much he liked Cordell and how he tried to get him not once but twice before and missed both times. Good point.
2: And that'd be crazy if they they got him and McCaffrey like, on the field at the same time. Like what? Yeah. Okay. But um, you know, speaking of those guys, we got some injury updates, of course. Christian McCaffrey, we haven't really gotten like anything official, anything like like, really concrete. Yeah, Yeah. but What it sounds like right now, and Matt Miyoko said this yesterday, is that it seems like it's more so a pain tolerance thing for Christian McCaffrey's injury. Again, like we don't really have like an actual diagnosis to go off of. I don't even know if it's like the ribs or oblique yet. Like I don't even think they've clarified that much. But if it's just a pain tolerance issue, Streets are saying that Christian McCaffrey could play on Monday night and, you know, they got an extra day of rest. So that can certainly help. They're off today. Um, they're not practicing. They're going to start practicing um, tomorrow for the week. So we'll see what his, uh you know, his practice is looking like. I would be surprised if he practiced at all, if it's really just to, to rest him. But guys like, Do you feel like he should even play? I mean, this is Christian McCaffrey. This is a guy who, as we just mentioned last year, they gave up a lot to get him. We know how important he is to the 49ers, like, playoff hopes, getting in that deep run and all of that. So, like, do you feel like this injury, which, you know, we know little about right now, could maybe, like, jeopardize, like, his full season? And if so, like, wouldn't you want to keep him out?
1: I mean, if they felt like it would jeopardize this season, yeah. But I I feel like the Niners know what we don't know. And I don't know if that's part of their game plan for this game. And, I mean, they don't have to disclose it as of yet. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't – they have time – there's a deadline where they have to disclose certain information to say he's questionable or he's doubtful or or things like that. Now, we get the doubtful message, he ain't playing. Like John, that's that's just now. If we get the questionable with the extra day, I think Christian McCaffrey is going to suit up, show out, and show up and show out. Like, I just think that's who he is. That's who he is mentally. He's played with less type of injury. I just think he got hit in the ribs. It probably bruised it a little bit, and it just hurt on on Sunday. Like, it, it hurt a lot. Um, but let's see if it's pain tolerance and that's the message that they're sending. Maybe he does play. Should the Niners play him? That's if that's the question you're asking me, that's that's a tough one because you want to bounce back and you want to rebound. The you you don't want to lose two in a row,
0: no. And uh, man, Shetahan, that dude's the Riddler when it comes to injuries, man. Jeez. That dude just he, he don't want to let anything out there. And so, again, the question what will happen? I think CMC is playing. I really, really do. I I don't – the fact that he tried to go back in after the half, the the fact that he was stretching on the sidelines, I think CMC's playing. The record, which, Steph, you've been on top of since day one for the amount of touchdowns in a row, that's on there. This is an NFC game. I'm sorry. I think CMC's playing. Debo's a whole other thing, but I fully expect CMC will get the full workload. Should he play? That's another thing. I think CMC 23 is going to be out there this week. Yeah.
2: I, I So I was wondering about the record, right? I mm-hmm. thought it would be in jeopardy if he doesn't play because the record is consecutive games right. with so a touchdown. He, uh, so I thought he would need to be in the game for that record to stay in place. I found out that, no, like it's consecutive games that he's played in. So he doesn't necessarily... It won't need count to for play. me. He won't lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Like asterisk next to the record if he gets it. No, but... um. You know, so that if that is CMC's reason for wanting to be out there, which I don't think that's the only reason. I think Christian McCaffrey is like a very competitive dude and he wants to be out there so bad. I mean, you saw he was hurting and he still went out there to try to play like. He did. did. Yeah. And he he lasted one, one play. Um, But it just shows you like the toughness and how badly he wants to be out there. So I think that's more so the thing. And what I don't want is Christian McCaffrey to downplay, you know, the injury either. I don't want him to be like, no, no, I'm fine. Knowing that he is hurting, but he's like, no, no, I'm fine. I could do it. I could gut it out. That's when the 49ers need to kind of, you know, step in and protect him from himself. But at the same time, if Christian McCaffrey's not being honest with like how he's feeling with the injury, that's, that's a tough spot too. Cause then the 49ers are like, Oh, okay. Like you, you feel better. All right. We're going to let you play them.
0: Kyle's going to play him and if nothing showed up on the x-rays or mri's which we don't know about the mri this is he is trying to cement his hall of fame status this is his year he's been offensive player of the year once before i think he's the leading candidate for offensive player of the year again him and Tyreek Hill are kind of the odds on favorites for that you miss a game that's going to change yeah, like this is that's- the most competitive human being possibly in the entire nfl from the family down. When he was in high school, the dude was a monster. You could not get him out of the line. I'm telling you right now, CMC is gonna be out there. I just I'm sorry, like I, I don't know if there's a bet on this, but I would bet <laughs> if the if the MRI came back and said crack ribs, maybe not. But or but it didn't. The, the x-ray didn't show that. The MRI, that's tissues and all this other ligament, whatever else. That dude gonna play. He's gonna play this week. I, I'd stake whatever it takes on there. I agree. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I think so, too. Um, and again, if it's a pain tolerance issue, as long as there's no risk of, you know, further damaging the area or any risk of aggravation, anything like that, then, you know, if I'm the 49ers, I feel fine, like letting him play as long as like they can manage the, the pain form, which, you know, I think they got stuff for that. So <laughs> I think uh, he will be out there. On Monday night, the extra day of rest definitely helps. As far as Debo Samuel and Trent Williams with their respective injuries, it seems like you know the extra day is going to help them out as well. They were day to day, so I would assume that both of those guys are going to be available. Their, you know, practice throughout the week will probably be you know a little spotty just because you know these are two vets at this point. You don't need to really those guys don't need to practice to be out there on yeah. Monday night but I would bet on those guys playing too. So the 49ers did seem to dodge a bullet after, um, you know, some of those injuries that they suffered on Sunday. So that's good. But let's get into this uh, matchup just a little bit more uh, with the Vikings. Speaking of uh, blitzing and, and putting pressure on Brock, which we discussed earlier, the Vikings defense blitz more than any other team in the league, 33.2% of the time. So,
0: we're
2: Brian gonna find Flores, out, if, baby. Yeah, man, the Brian Flores special. We're gonna find out if Brock Purdy can bounce back. And I don't know about you guys. I'm assuming you guys feel good about it too. I feel good about Brock Purdy bouncing back, not just because like we're we're assuming that he's gonna have Trent and and Debo out there. I almost like, I almost wish this is gonna sound weird, but I almost wish that one of them wasn't playing because everyone always uses the excuse of. Oh, well, like Purdy can't do it without these guys. He can't, he can't do it without Christian McCaffrey. Look what yeah. it, it look, they lost a game without him. I know, I know. It's just it's just for like argument's sake. Um, I'm glad that they're gonna be out there, presumably. Um, but you know, I do think that Brock Purdy bounces back. And despite him, you know, what we could assume is gonna be blitzed a lot and pressured a lot, I think he's gonna come out and he's gonna deliver, much like we saw. In that game against the Giants, I think he's going to be on point. I think with it being prime time, I think the whole team is going to be on point because they know everyone's watching. We got to make people forget. We got to let people know that game on Sunday. That's not us. That's not us. So I think the team that we see Monday night is more reflective of the team that we're going to see and we have seen uh, this season.
1: I agree 1,000%, right? And so you look at Brock Purdy against the Blitz. I mean, this game, again, you have to attest to the factors of he's never seen this defense before. He's never even played this team before. And then you look at it like that and you say, dang, they were coming at him differently than what the Giants do. And I don't think, I I just don't feel, even though I know Minnesota's going to Blitz, they're just not the same built type of a defense right they're not going to get the pressure up from the middle which to me is the quarterback's achilles like really good quarterbacks struggle against the pressure in your face Tom brady being the number one quarterback that would struggle when there was pressure in his face you blitz from the side that ball's coming out you blitz from right in his face he's going to struggle or whatever but i think brock having that game Said all that to say Brock having that game, Brock chalking up another game as experience, an- more stuff taking in more knowledge to wait. I'm watching this film. Dang, I could have did this. Dang, I gave up three sacks. Wait a minute. My line didn't give up three sacks. I put my line in a bad position to where people felt like they gave up the sacks. Now nah, this was on me. I tell you what, I'm gonna be a little better. And so for me, that right there, Brock's Moxie. I feel, I feel sorry for the Minnesota Vikings and I don't feel sorry at the same time, but Brock's moxie right there is number one. His play is going to be a lot better than it was against the Cleveland Browns, even with the blitz. And I think the 49ers are going to be just fine moving forward. I'm telling you the Browns, the, I feel like the injuries mentally kind of like confused the head coach and the play of the offense. It was just like, oh, snap, what do we do? Ray Ray's out here, next man up. Oh, then he runs right into Trent Williams, like, on a screen. That can't happen. That looked like bad news bears. It was ball.
0: wide open, too, man. It was set wide. up perfectly.
1: John, the ball was going yeah. for 76 yards. I'm making yeah. up that number, but it was going for a touchdown. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Like, But that's the stuff that's not going to happen. And one more thing before I let John take this over. if D- I'm, When you said you hope that Debo doesn't play – I, I I disagree, but I understand.
2: Now, I, I, I don't... I didn't mean, like, I hope no, no, he no. doesn't play. No, like, no, 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 you, don't, what you I'm, know what I was trying
1: to say. Right. This is where I'm saying. Like, if he's not going to play, then just don't be a part of the game plan. Because now, Kyle can plan... With the pieces that he has. I think the fact that he was planning for Debo to play and then he ended up leaving, it was hard to to you know refigure, configure things out right there on the fly. And I think if Brock knows Ray Ray's in the game, he knows how to get the ball to Ray Ray. He knows that he knows Ray Ray's tendency. It's a little different. So that's what I meant by I kind of get like if they're not gonna play, then just don't play. But if they're gonna play, expect Brock to go hamburger and cheese. And like
0: Several things. Well said, as always, Wayne. We know Kyle Shanahan's a, f- a fiction or whatever, his love for Kirk Cousins. We- he loves that man. And if you're Brock Purdy, this is the one guy that can shorten your term at quarterback for the 49ers. You got to go out there. Like, this is your competition. Kirk Cousins, last year of his deal. Y- you continue to put up games like you did last week, which he's only had one bad game. But if that continues... Kirk Cousins auditioning out there. they like, he's playing for next year. He wants to come to the 49ers. And I'm the big, I'm the most anti-Kirk Cousins dude on my team ever. I get he's a good human, whatever. I don't care. I don't want that dude just because he's soft in prime time. And we're going to get to see that. This defense, the Vikings, yeah, they blitz a lot. They're not good. They don't have the talent. You played back-to-back very, very good defense in the Cowboys and um, the Browns. It's a whole different, <coughs> excuse me, ball game against this team. It, it's just different. So establish who you are, do your thing, and, you know, get Kittle involved. If, if somebody's out, you yeah. got the star, use the freaking stud. I, I'm not too concerned about this game. I'm really, really not. The Vikings, Kirk Cousins in primetime. I have, I'm going to put my kids through college betting against Kirk Cousins in primetime. Um, yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's a, it's, a, it's just a guarantee every freaking
1: time. I hear you. And and, and and I'm not overlooking the Vikings. That's not what I'm doing or we're doing or whatever because— We're
2: allowed to do that, though, Wayne. We're allowed to do that. We're yeah, just, I'm, we're I'm just not, fans
1: I'm, I'm not overlooking them. Like, I mean, because Kirk Cousins is going to put up numbers. So let's not act like he's not going to put up 300-plus yards, possibly, because that's we what he don't does. not have Justin Jefferson. He doesn't have Justin, but that's just what he does. Like, that's what he does. I don't— I just know Kirk is going to play Kirk football. There's going to be a few turnovers. There's going to, He plays well against the Niners. So I don't know if we want to have that conversation, but yeah, go back and look. He plays well against the 49ers. So let's. I'm just going to keep it a buck. Now, I do want to address some stuff out there because it is the coach's job to have his team prepared for any possible scenario. But you guys mm-hmm. got to factor in the shell shock. And I'm not giving Kyle Shanahan a pass, but when you're shell shocked because you're missing one of your key pieces, components to your offense, and then you lose another key component to your offense, and then the players aren't executing what you're calling, eh, like, we, he can adjust all he wants, but at the end of the day, those guys got to go out there and execute. And that's where they were failing. And so, to me, I feel like the 49ers in that locker room, defensively, offensively, head coaching, other coaches, they all said, we effed up. We need to fix it. That's what they're doing right now, and I guarantee you to be fly, firing on all cylinders.
2: Oh yeah, you're you're gonna see a 49ers team that's gonna come out like trying to overcorrect everything that they did wrong, uh, <laughs> you know, on Sunday, right? Hey. So that's scary for for the Vikings. And I agree, you know, like Kirk Cousins, he he's a good quarterback. You know, no matter what John says about him in prime time, that is backs though he does oh, he struggle in prime time, time but oh. he has had some good games against the 49ers he's going to you know try to air it out there will be some picks in there too cuz we just know like that is part of his game too <sighs> i'll just mention this like going to the uh Vikings defense we already mentioned that Justin Jefferson is going to be out for them on offense now Marcus Davenport is not going to be out there for he's them on watched. defense either and you know they've already been pretty bad middle of the pack not the worst in the league but if you look at their record at home, they're 0-3 at home. And in those three games, their defense has allowed opposing quarterbacks to complete 75% of their passes, 860 combined yards passing, uh, eight total touchdowns, and they haven't had any interceptions. So I think this is a good sign for for Brock Purdy in this game and for the offense to... You know, have a bounce back in this one.
1: Yeah, so, they're so secondary, sweet, weak. too weak, and that's what you got to take advantage of. And what have we been watching Brock Purdy do? Throw the ball down the field, get the ball down the field, and so even in the the pass game, that the two passes that could have probably possibly went for touchdowns Brock is still looking to get the ball down the field now I don't think the pressure will be the same they will try to disguise blitz exotic do whatever they got to do to throw Brock off his rocker but listen I think Brock will be back he'll be fine and he's going to attack down the field so this should be a good game for George Kittle it should be a good game for some of these other 49ers studs and stars yeah
2: I, I agree um look Wake up, honey. We got new Debo Samuel interview on Kate Adams. You know, there's going to be some good stuff on there because he's been beefing uh, with, uh, I forget, Gardner Johnson. Yeah. And it, I don't know why like that even came about. But anyway, you guys check that out after this. Um, and we're, we're ready to call it for this show. Make sure that you guys like this video, subscribe to the channel, not just my channel, but if you're watching on my channel, check out John, check out Wayne. The links to their channel are in the description of my video, so make sure you show love to all three of our channels. We really appreciate it. Make sure if you're an audio listener, you leave a rating, you leave a review. Really appreciate it. But look, for now, guys, have a good rest of your Wednesday, all right? Peace.